You ever want to know what's going on in the real estate market from somebody who's actually in it? Not just national headlines or news channels that just want to stoke fear, but what's really actually going on? And how do things kind of operate in the real estate world? Well, you found the right spot. I'm Michelle Vogel, and this is The Realtor Lady, and I will tell you everything you want to know about real estate from my perspective here where I sit in Santa Cruz, California. So tell your friends you can't talk right now because you are with The Realtor Lady. Are you thinking about building an ADU in your backyard or an additional dwelling unit? This podcast is for you. So I talk with Ray Ganil of Nona Homes, and he goes over everything the county, city ordinances, the state, the costs, things you need to think about. Just it's kind of A to Z. I really, really recommend this podcast, even I, because I did it, of course. The other thing is, I listed some resources in, I will put them in the show notes, but they're also in my YouTube page under this video, just so you have the links to look it up in the county and the city of Santa Cruz and see their ADU guidelines. And there's also a link there for a government grant to build one. It's The program is full right now, but you could still get on the waiting list to get a grant to build an ADU. So there's some good resources for you here, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hi, thank you for coming uh, back to my podcast. I'm Michelle Replogle with The Realtor Lady, and today I'm super excited because I'm going to get a little education on ADUs or additional dwelling units with Ray Ganil. I just said that wrong, didn't I? Okay, Ray Guanil. Guanil, yep. Well, yeah. Guan. with yeah. my last name, I'm totally used to it. Um, totally cool. Yeah, of Nona Homes. And he's going to talk a little bit about what changed in the laws and why this is uh, putting an additional dwelling unit on your property is most likely easier. Then we'll move into uh, how they operate some costs and some sizes of lots, which is super important in some areas like ours in Santa Cruz, where our lots are always very interesting in size and shape. So, Ray, just introduce yourself a little bit and 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 talk a little bit about Nona Homes. Sure. Uh, my name is Ray Guineau. I'm co-owner of Nona Homes, ADU and Solar here in Sacramento, California. Uh, we have a location also in San Diego, California. Um, we currently put ADUs together uh, from Sacramento all the way down to San Diego. Um, Nona Homes has been around for a couple of years. Um, it started off as a project management company. Um, that company was dissolved. Um, I partnered with my my business partner, Dave Simmons. We got together. We just felt that we had some powers and numbers. Uh, we restructured the business and kind of what we thought would work best versus a project management tool. Um, and then we really got involved and started building ADUs um, and gone from there. I come from a background of real estate and um, flipping houses and design and all that good stuff. And so it allowed us to have a little freedom of, of intricacy of, of, of doing those type of things still. Um, my partner, Dave, is a finance guru. So it gives us another arm in our situation when you're trying to finance ADUs. So we have a great source of education in that format and um, things that can help potential homeowners with their ADU. So right now we're just uh, 
we're not a big shop, um, but we're a growing shop. And so we're excited about the future for that. And I think you're smart. So where I found you was your email to me as a realtor. And let's talk about ADUs. And honestly, I saw your address on the email and I really ignored it for a while because I didn't think that you worked in my area. So I didn't think it really pertained to me. And then we eventually talked and I understood that you did. But going to the realtors is so smart because we're the ones that get asked the most questions about it. And right. we're the dumbest about right. it. We just, right. we sell the house. You, you do with it what you're going to do. And then um, we have a severe contractor shortage here. So we can't even really, a lot of times say, we'll talk to a contractor right. or even talk to the county. Our county is very difficult to work with. And there's just not a lot of information about that. And sometimes people just are curious when they're purchasing a property. They have yeah. no intention of ever doing it. Yeah, you know, a lot of people get some interest in it, and I'm a realtor myself, so I understand the, um, let's say, the ups and downs of the real estate life, you know, especially when you have change in markets, and we just came out of a real aggressive market, Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, realtors were eating really well during that time, and was really a great time, and now we have a shift in the market, and so, you know, it could be tough on real estate agents now to kind of keep up with that balance of what they had a year and a half ago. So myself and my partner, Dave, decided, you know, what if we were able to go to the real estate agents and say, hey, listen, you guys have a database of people that you have sold houses to, depending on how long you've been in the business. And there is a tool of people in there that you can now educate your clients, keep your clients informed so you have that longevity relationship with your clients, and then give them an opportunity to possibly increase equity in their home in a down market where essentially they're saying you're losing equity, you're, you're losing equity, but, you know, accessory dwelling units, garage conversions, these type of things, which are permitted, um, they're adding square footage, they're adding space. So they're documented correctly. So when the appraised values come back out and say they go to resale it and all that good stuff, then, you know, you've now increased the value in your house. So if you've lost 60,000 in a down market, of course, there's a cost of getting equity to the build cost, but over time, you've you've established an, uh, a levelness of the equity in in the home by adding an, an accessory dwelling unit. And on top of that, if if you're doing it in a position of you know passive income, then you know depending on that on that strategy, you might find yourself in a point where it's really paying dividends for yourself. So, and it's not always about. Um, making extra money on your property or equity. Sometimes it's just really consolidating situations for family. And that's the way I yeah. always see it is that yeah. I want people to have the ability to house family. If they could stand having them on this, on the property right. with them, or maybe they can situate it where they don't have to see them a lot. But, but that idea of building in space for your family or for people that you care about having a place to live and, and can stay right. close to you. Otherwise you're looking at them moving to a cheaper area. Yeah, there's really two so types of like kind of customers. We, we we deal with like two types of customers, really. You know, we kind of categorize them in two buckets, if you would, based on kind of like what you said, the homeowner who wants that for the family or mother-in-law or kids are coming home from college or whatever that situation is. Um, and then that's a different approach. Actually, it's actually a different sales approach to that particular customer than it is for the true real estate investor. The true real estate investor also looks at it from a different set of eyeballs and they they're looking at it 
in a in an income type of situation. So their approach to us to build those type of ADUs, not that the ADUs are any different, um, right. but maybe there might be some um, there might be some emotional attachments to it that are not so less than the person who really wants it for their family. These the investor wants it for cash flow. How quick? We don't need all the big upgrades. We don't need this. How quick can we get it Function. done? I need to get a, mm -hmm. I need to get a rental a rental in there. So we we tend to two types of customers in our bucket, um, and we have two different approaches for those those guys. So yeah, because uh, there's that design of oh, I want to make it kind of nice. Or for me, if I looked into to building one on my own property, I would build it in the style of where I might live and downsize and right. rent out my house. So Correct. that's how I would approach it. But I also was out to dinner with a, a, a friend last night and she said she knew of someone who just strictly bought properties she could put ADUs on and rent both the house and the a back unit over the detached garage. Like she only looked for houses with a detached garage yes. and the ability to build. And I was like, that's genius. I That's way out of my scope of investing that I want to yeah. do. But super smart. So that's definitely both approaches. And then the other, and then I guess the other approach besides family would be maybe you want to downsize on your own property and then yes. go ahead and rent that big house out, which I have um friends that did. They they built a yes. small little unit in their garage and then they rent out the house to their children, actually. Yeah, it's just uh, you know, to a lot of people you think the quality of life they want. Um, they, you know, you ask certain people like, oh, I don't want to, I'm going from 1800 square feet and I'm going to go to 600 square feet. Um, you'd find that these, these units that we build, um, even when you're talking about 600 square feet or 500 or 800, I mean, they are very spacious. The floor plans that are designed in them create, um, a very open, spacious plan. Cause if you really consolidate yourself into your home of 2000 square feet or whatever it is logistically you probably only really operate in about 800 square feet of your house on a normal basis. That's so, how big my, my house is 800 square feet. Yeah. So if you qualify, but the configuration with that, is very poor. Well, you probably have an older house. I, I used to live down there, so I know how the older houses are. So <laughs> yeah. I'm very familiar how those are. And, you know, and even those are, um, we're getting contacted even by homeowners that say, Hey, listen, can you blow out my floor plan and, you know, reestablish it to a more open modern floor plan. And then, you know, we have those discussions as well, you know, back to what you were saying about your, your friend that does the, um, over the garage conversion type of thing, that little strategy right there. Um, California, um, came out with the rule of SB nine that allows you to, you know, take an R one lot and basically split that in half through an application process through your local municipality. And when, if you can split an R1 lot, you know, you have one single family resident on one lot, that lot is allowable to have one junior ADU, which is 500 square feet or less and attached to the house and a regular ADU. And then I believe in Santa Cruz, it's up to 800. They don't let you go past 800 square feet in Santa Cruz. Okay. So, um, yeah, so then, you know, you have now, now you've established three doors on one half of the lot. Now you have a whole nother lot through the SB9 that will have a separate APN, all that good stuff. And then you can now qualify and put three more doors on there. So now you essentially have five doors, six doors that are operating on one original R1 lot. So, I mean, it, people get very creative um, in their strategies when they start to understand what you can do with an ADU.
What's the minimum size on the lot for that? What's the lot sizes? What are we talking about here? There? So there's not a minimum size technically per the lot. Um, you just have to meet the local requirements of setbacks and those type of things that, that are available. So um, Santa Cruz requires four feet of setbacks. Um, and then depending on how close you are to the main house, um, there might be some firewall situations on how you design it and build it. But um, state of California has said, hey, as long as your lot can meet the local municipalities of setbacks and all those good things, you can have an ADU back there. The minimum size for an ADU is 150 square feet. Huh, okay. And so, and it can go up to 1200 square feet. So you have the ability to, you know, really get creative with your space. I just wish they'd allowed this a little sooner. And then a lot of the building could have been done a little bit better and more cohesively. Cause I go to properties where there's just outbuildings all over the place. I mean, they, they just yeah. bothered not to get permits. And then you got this, stuff all over the place it's just so yeah. haphazard instead of just being really clear yeah the strategy from for a lot of developers have gone you know over the last five to ten years if you can see them they're going more vertical than they are going within in width and band span you know they're they're taking a small lot and then they're just stacking it and going straight up with it and it's because you can put more on it by going vertical um so you know it's just different now you know, you're allocated so much space. Um, it, the ADU um, um, ability to do uh, to do um, building on properties has been established kind of like what Gavin Newsom says. You know, Gavin Newsom feels that accessory dwelling units, and I'm not here to speak politics or anything like that, but, um, you know, it's supposed to curb our housing shortage um, for just our extreme homeless situations that we got going on. And, and then in some kinds, like in Napa County, they, they'll, they're giving loans to people to do accessory dwelling units. And then they'll forgive a loan after five years if you rent it at a certain rate that they say you can do it. And then after that, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll forgive the loan they gave you. So people are getting really, really crazy and, and coming up creative ways. So And they're incentivizing people to do accessory dwelling units. They got a Cal HFA loan that you can get where you can get a $40,000 grant um, for pre for, for uh, pre-construction stuff. I mean, there's the banks are on the internet now doing uh, advertising for accessory dwelling unit financing. Wow. Uh, F okay. FHA has a program um, that you can get accessory dwelling unit financing through uh, conventional FHA. I mean, they're just really, really creative now trying to get people to, to do it. Wow. I would imagine that also depends on, uh, would that depend on the, uh, I'm kind of wondering like the electricity that's pulled this, the sewer lines and what, what kind yeah, of, you, what kind of snags do you run into in terms of, uh, utilities? Yeah. So utilities are either they're hooked up to the main line if you have city or, um, so if you're out there, they're tapped in, you have in your plans, you have a utility schedule that's on there, um, in your building permit plans and, you know, you got to trench out and find where the sewer is and the water and electric. Um, a lot of times people want a separate gas meter because they're maybe they're going to rent it or electric or whatever it is. Um, that's usually done with the local municipalities. Um, they'll have their own cost associated with that. Has nothing to do with the ADU builder, but the ADU builder will be required to like build and stub up to wherever that new gas meter or electrical panel and all that good stuff happens. Um you know, you have panel upgrades now. You know, some of the older houses have very old panels. 
Um, so when you start powering up these things, they require more power. So everything so, now becomes up to date, code, all that good stuff. And, and we'll then we'll uh, we'll segue a little bit later into the solar because that the panel upgrade made me think of the the solar, and and that might be something to bring into that. Um, yeah. But just briefly, so you you mentioned SB nine. It it sounds like there isn't a lot of restrictions as long as you can meet the setbacks. Um. Santa Cruz County can be very difficult to deal with. Do those state laws that have come in, do they make it easier for us to, to put an ADU here or are we you know, still? You're, you're talking, yeah, you're talking about government, right? So I'll give you an example. So the state can have precedence and say, here's what we're going to do. Okay. And as you've seen over the past two or three years, we've heard on the news how counties and cities fight back against what the state wants, you know, within their mm -hmm. own, their own government. So I'll give you an example uh, in Huntington Beach, for instance. Huntington Beach is pushing back on uh, accepting more permits for ADUs. Okay, they're just pushing back. They they that. don't they yeah. don't want people in there, right? Uh, L.A. County mm -hmm. is is pushing five thousand permits a month. So it's just it's just depending on where you're at, you know, and, and the local government. You know, does the state oversee the city or county? Yes, no, maybe. Who knows how that really works? Um, but, you know, you really go down to the planning office and you just follow the rules. You can go online and type in your county or city at any given time. For instance, Santa Cruz ADU or San Jose ADU. You can type those words in and they'll take you directly to the planning department and they'll give you all the ADU requirements and uh, things that need to happen in order for you to, you know, apply for an ADU. Some are really tough. Some are like, hey, come on in, just bring us some paper and you're good to go. It just depends. Wow. And do you build them on site? Are they pre-built or do you have a combination of both? How does that work yeah, once, we, once we bypass so, yeah. the, uh, the ordinances and the regulations? Yeah, so good question. So we're stick built. We build them, we, we build them on site. Uh, we're not a prefab company. We do get a lot of customers that call when we're like pre-qualifying them to see, you know, what what's the purpose of the ADU? Do they have budgets in mind? And, you know, and you'll find some say, hey, you know, I had a $60,000 budget. And we're like, well, okay, that's probably not us. But um, <laughs> but what, what, it's nothing against that. They're just been, they've been online looking at stuff and then they find a prefab company that's offering an ADU um, that's kind of like, you know, here comes a box and a crane type of thing. And what they don't really tell you is they add, you know, some marketing piece, you know, get an ADU for 65,000 calls today and you go and you call them and then they say, okay, well, by the way, you have foundation, you have utilities, you have this, you have that. The, the, and that's not, I'm not talking bad about any other company whatsoever, how they make their money is how they make their money. Us, we're a little bit more, um, we're, we're extremely custom. Um, and the reason we are is because two things, we want the customer to pick what they want. We want them to have complete um, interaction with us on what they want and how they want it. Um, the lot sometimes can create some differences in the build. Um, so in order to create a plan that works to that lot, needs to be thought out strategically and put on paper and built to that. So versus if I go stick a square box in a circle, it might look funny. So mm -hmm. we try to make sure that those type of things aesthetically um uh, functionality, all those type of things work appropriately for the appropriate lot. So we're, we pride ourselves on being stick built. Um, 
of something during the build, there's always changes. There's a lot of things that go on with changes. Um, economics, social economics can play a lot of play in the middle of your builds where um, we just recently went through the last year and a half of um, extreme materials, um, mm -hmm. not being able to get to the materials as quick. Um, cost of labor has increased, um, those type of things. So we've been on jobs before where we have a set number and then all of a sudden you're in the middle of the build and you have your contractor saying, hey, listen, I know I gave you that bid, but we can't do that no more. We're just we're, we're in the negative if we keep that number. So we either get into a position and say, hey, listen, we got to keep going this way or have a conversation with the, with the customer. So there's a lot of moving parts with it. Um, but we pride ourselves on being custom built. We, we love the opportunity to hear people's ideas and thoughts. It creates some new visions in ourselves. Um, I'm a design guy, so I like designing things and being creative. Uh, we send these cool proposals out to our customers that show all these cool designs and floor plans and, you know, and, and they, we want them to be a part of the build. So exciting them and creating them is good. We have to watch out for the people that get stuck on the HDTV that <laughs> they've been watching HDTV and they call it and they're like, Hey, can we do this, this, and this? And, you know, we tell them, yeah, as long as we have budget, you know, but you know, so yeah, we're, but we are stick built. We enjoy it that way. It's a lot more fun. It's something new all the time versus just, and the overhead to function is a lot lower versus having guys in a warehouse pushing out production. Yeah. So for a company that's doing that, you know, you have to have extreme overhead. The HG, uh, the HG HD TV, whatever it is. I did like two videos on it because I kept taking buyers out to properties and they weren't being wowed. And it's like, this is not the real world. Yeah. And I had actually shown a few properties in San Jose that were on the TV show. And then I had to take them into the garage and go, there's your foundation crack. You know, there, there's your, um, your bad plumbing, like go just pull the curtain yeah. back to show them what it really actually looks like. And I, I love, uh, the, the, the quality presentation you just gave me. Cause I, I can really see it and understand that, what you're yeah. saying is you build a quality product that's actually built to last. And in in our case here in Santa Cruz, it's very possible you could build that nice custom ADU that's going to be better than the older house that I yeah. have that I had to completely rebuild from the foundation up because it wasn't yeah. built even in 26. It just was built for a spec house for a, a rental. It was never built with a lot of integrity. So yeah. I, I appreciate what, you are, what you're offering. Um, what's... The ideal site, I, uh, site size or lot size, I should say, on the west side of Santa Cruz, where I am, the lots range from about twenty five hundred all the way up. And there's one down the street from me. He's trying to rebuild a house. I think his lot is, I, I want to say it's only twenty five hundred square feet, and he has a house on there that's about six hundred square feet. And of course, he's just running into all kinds of trouble. I yeah. feel like he should just peel it off and start over yeah it's just whatever the local municipality says like i said earlier the setbacks um by your local municipality and they have some other rules about like if your adu can be established but it can't take up more than 25 percent of your yard space okay and so there's some others there's some other parameters and they all vary and they're usually inside the planning department's requirements okay um, so if you're thinking about an adu um, you can definitely give us a call. We can do the research for you um, or we can guide you to where you can look yourself. And um, but most of the time, you know, we, 
you can go right to your local planning office, uh, type it in. They'll have, they're very open. They're very transparent on the regulations. Um, and then they also post their local changes. Like if they made a change in 2023 versus 2022, oh. they post it. Um, there's a lot of counties now that are making a difference in uh, what they call is an impact fees. Uh, impact fees are when you build an ADU above seven, 750 square feet or greater, um, they want to charge impact fees. Those are like extra money for school and all okay. that good stuff because okay. of square footage. But they're they're realigning. Some counties are realigning themselves and forgiving some of that. And maybe they're taking them now the parameter up to 800 or 850 or whatever. So they're realigning some of these things. You really have to look into your local municipality to kind of dig down to the nuts and bolts of what they want. But um, yeah, that's about what they do now. So, so on a small lot, really, you got to start with the county first, or call you to see before you start dreaming of anything. Yeah, so they can give us a call. Um, one of the things we really are so that we love giving our customers is we take every take care of everything from start to finish. So we try to take all the work and the stress out of the customer. Um, we like them involved one hundred percent but we don't want them doing any of the work. We just want to share their ideas. We want to be an educator. We want to be a builder. We want to be a designer. Uh, we want to leave them with a good product because for us, um, you know, as much as we hustle and go out and market, our biggest referral is when the customers are happy. So when they're telling their neighbor, hey, you know, Nona Homes built that ADU, we're excited. You know, we do deal with customers I think like you do in every business that, you know, they get a little finicky or they have friends that are, you know, Johnny contractor that's from that did it 20 years ago. And he says he could do it this way and do it that way. And you have those type of guys and then you have to combat that. But, you know, that's just like being a realtor. Right. So when you're a real estate agent, then you go, hey, my friend's a real estate agent. And they said, yeah. you know, then you should have called them and hired them. You know? my, my friend who's doing you no service who's telling you yeah. you're paying too much and you keep missing out. <clears throat> yeah. So, and, you know, you, you have those type of guys or, hey, I've seen on TV or, you know, so, you know, you have to combat and that's okay. You know, I don't get mad at those situations or upset. You know, people, it is a large purchase. Um, we understand that. We understand that, you know, you're not spending $10,000 on something or 20 or 30 or 50. You know, you're usually in the range of 190 to 100 and above. So those are large purchases. And we understand that's an emotional purchase. Um, it's, it's financially, it could be financially stressful depending on your economics. Um, so we're, we're sympathetic to that. We understand it. And, um, you know, we just try to make sure that, that there's complete transparency in what we're doing as well. So there's some clarity because, you know, the first thing people want to do is blame the builder or blame the designer, right? Um, it's hard to have reflectiveness to say, well, maybe I messed up and I didn't get the right situation. And that's okay, you know, because there's always, you know, you're going to get your finger pointed out if they're not happy. Um, but, you know, we, we try to take all the things in the beginning to, like, you know, catapult that the best way we can. And, and getting them involved in everything as much as we possibly can keeps them in the mix. Yeah. It's, it's hard, though, too. I mean, I did my kitchen in 2014. And what do you mean, what knobs do I want? I've just made all these decisions on the cabinets right. and the colors and the countertops right. and the tile and the lights and the appliances and now I got to figure out knobs and so uh, it's great when you're you, you got to make sure they're involved but they do also have to understand there's a lot of decisions they are going to have yeah. to make because they're going to live with it um absolutely and then just 
give an idea cost. Maybe you could do an example of maybe a recent one that you did, especially recent because of the current costs. But yeah. what are people kind of looking at? So a lot of it has to do with region as well. Um, cost of construction in different regions can vary. Um, that's one one piece of the of the cost. Um, but if you took about an average, about an average, and you know, uh, let's just say in Santa Cruz, um, for instance, you could be building uh, a 600 square foot um, unit. Let me see. I can tell you that right now. 600. Uh, so if you're at 600 square feet, you could be anywhere in the range of like 180 to 260, 270, depending on your finishes and uh, utilities. One of the biggest costs in the build, you have basically three breakdowns of the build is how we look at it. We look at it from a unit cost, that is the vertical cost it takes to actually construct the unit. That's materials and labor. The second is um utilities how much does it cost to hook up your utilities utilities may be a short run to the sewer line or some of the properties you got to trench out 100 feet and then that's different so those utility costs could be substantially different especially if you know there's a gas line or something like that that plays a role into and in getting relocated so that's a big cost in there um and then your, and then your upgrades and your finishes so um one of the things that we offer at Nona Homes is we we have a slogan that says, you know, our standards are other people's upgrades. So we try to let people know, like, you know, from an understanding point that um, what you pick and what we offer are two different things. So in understanding what that functionality is of those, they all have a cost. Uh, you can't go buy a Mercedes if you have a Honda budget. Yeah. So... We try to we try to keep that clarity in there, um, but you know the build spectrum is wide open if the money's there. Um, we'll do whatever you want us to do, and we do work with all budgets. You know, one of the questions I always ask customers is, "What's the budget you've thought about this, you guys?" Before you started talking about an ADU, you've you've thought about how much money you want to spend on this project. You get a little bit of resistance sometimes on people wanting to tell you because they think it's a sales strategy and that's the number you're going to come in at. And my response to that is, is I don't care if you have a dollar budget or $1 million budget. It doesn't matter to me. What I want to do is I want to give you what you think this is going to cost you. And then from there, we can figure out if we need to go bigger or smaller or whatever. So it's easier to do it that way, that way to, to get that handled for the customer. Well, it's, yeah. And it's also just like talking to a seller is like, Okay, what price do you want? What, what, where are we going in terms of a target of list price? price. So, so kind of the same idea. And if I can't get that price out of them, I can't get an idea of where we're going with this whole journey yeah. that we're going to go on. I wish I had a crystal ball, but I just don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm getting some echo, which is a problem. Um, what about redoing a garage? Yeah, garage conversions are probably your less expensive um way to go for a conversion. Um, we don't really do single um, car garages, just the cost of um, and profit margins in the single car garage units are very small. You're like under 200 feet. So we really try not to do those. Um, we kind of do the standard two uh, car garages. Those are between 400 and 450 square feet, depending on the size. But usually if you put a budget together for, let's just say a garage conversion, and you have a budget of say, let's say a hundred thousand, 
you're probably in the ballpark that can get something done for like a hundred thousand. Yeah. Problem is I have a single car garage, so I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. I bet that the thing is, is there's things that qualify to be an ADU. So if you qualify to be an ADU, it must have a kitchen, a bathroom and a bedroom. Hmm. So an ADU, you could have a single, you can have a single car garage and it could be a, a, a home office. It could be a studio. It could be a workout room. It could be any of the, a man's cave. It could be a lot of those type of things and not be classified as an accessory dwelling unit. And the permitting process is a little bit different as far as what they will allow and what they don't allow. Once you start adding water and sewage and all that type of stuff in there, the, the diversity in the permitting is different. I see. So, so if there's people that say, um, you know, hey, I, you know, I, I want the, my son's coming home. I just want a little thing from him. So I want an ADU. But then you go there and you say, okay, do you want it? But then I don't want a kitchen. I just want this. And you're like, okay, well, maybe we just make this like a pool house or, you know, that just has a bathroom or an outdoor shower or, or whatever it might have. So, oh. well, I think we covered everything. Perfect. Um, I, I really appreciate your approach to this. It's, uh, it's from an educational approach, which is how I do my podcasts and my videos. I think people need to think about things and consider it carefully. And I, I, I appreciate how you're doing that and not just, you know, go, 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 because as you know, getting into the middle of a project with someone who doesn't really understand what's going on is very, very intense. So it's, it's, I think it's a better way to get everybody on the same page first before you start writing checks. Yes, yes. And um, I, I appreciate you also explaining the garage portion of it too, because that's where a lot of people are, especially in this area. Um, and where, where do we find you? Yeah, so you can find us at uh, Nona Homes, www.nonahomes, that's N-O-N-N-A-H-O-M-E-S.com. Um, a lot of people ask me, where's the word Nona come from? So I'm Italian, and uh, Nona is how you say grandmother in Italian. And oh. so from the original names of Granny Quarters or Granny Flats, oh. those type of things is what the name came from. Um, we also just started an educational website um, so people can go on to it. Um, it's called letstalkadu.com. Um, you can probably see it right here on my, my hoodie. We kind of tagged yep. this up here. But if you want some information on, um, you know, just different perspectives of, you know, the ADU, it's a, it's a non-sales page. It's not anything like that, but we want to provide our customers and people interested in ADUs um, to have an opportunity to do that. So you can go to letstalkadu.com and check out some of those things there. Um, we're on all the social media platforms at Nona Homes. And uh, our phone number is 800-734-7238. Wow. Awesome. And I'll put your information in the show notes as well. Cool. And this will be a podcast and a YouTube video. So if people want to rewind it and, and get any more of that information, again, Absolutely. they can get we it here as well. Your, your, your involvement as well, because there's not many people out trying to like get people educated on ADUs. And so we appreciate you giving us that platform. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. Hey, it's the realtor lady, Michelle Replogle. Is there a subject you would like me to explore in real estate or maybe about Santa Cruz? Feel free to contact me. I'd love to hear from you. Or if you'd like me to help you buy or sell real estate, that's also something that I do. You can contact me on Instagram, Live the Santa Cruz Life, 
or on my website, michellesellsforyou.com. That's with one L. My Facebook page, Live the Santa Cruz Life as well, or check out my YouTube channel, Live the Santa Cruz Life with Michelle Replogle, and my email, michelle at michellesellsforyou.com. I would love to hear from you.